Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Champ TV begins right now. Great to be back with you as always. And we're right on time. Smooth sailing, boys. I see all of you. Well, one of you is right across from me. The other one there is in Atlanta with a nice-looking backdrop, Corey. It's just so professionally done. It's well done. It's it's, it's beautiful. That's what thing. I do, man. I'm professional, if nothing else. When, when are you uh, going to be in the A50 and being professional? Is that happening anytime soon? Uh, a couple days, buddy. A couple okay, days. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, so it is that we begin by saying uh, thanks to our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, sausage! I got to imagine lots of people went nuts with the Register Sausage over the long weekend. Yeah, had to, had to. I did. Did you? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny when we were talking about our menu for Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim was like, "Make sure you get some registers." Boom. So, got it. So I had to make it happen. Don't you house all the registers that are supposed to be divvied amongst the three of us? I mean. <laughs> When it comes in, when the shipment comes in, sometimes yeah. it stays at our house. And if you guys want to come up, Corey, if you want to come over to the house, by, yeah. Ben, when Ben but, drops off the registers, you can come by and have some. I blame myself. Yeah. It's not on Ira. What right. is Ira going to be our delivery man? Like, I got to go and get it from you. That's, That's my fault. Now, it would be cool if you would remind me. Hey, man, there's some registers here for you. But you don't do that. But that's fine. I get it on my own. I like to support Ben by buying it at Publix anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I buy mine at Publix, too. Knowing that I could get it free from Iris House, which is right by the Publix where I'm going. And we're yeah. all fortunate that we live in an area where it is in your local grocery store and a bunch of the local mm. grocery stores, not just Publixes. But if you live in an area in the southeast particularly and you mm-hmm. don't have registers, mm-hmm. go talk to the meat manager. Say you want to speak to the meat manager right now. Like this is an urgent matter. Bring him to the front. And then explain to him how important it is that he gets registers. Like our buddies in St. Augustine did. They got it. The Publix, uh, the people making it happen. If you live outside of this region – if you live outside of Louisiana, Alabama, you know, the Carolinas, if you live out the other parts of the country, sorry for you, but yeah. you can have it delivered. Go to registermeats.com and have it ordered. They'll deliver it to you in a cooler, nice and fresh. Uh, it won't make you here for uh, the holiday, which we just missed, but think about maybe July 4th, July 4th, or mm. Flag Day. Flag Day, Day is coming up. Which Two is weeks. Corey's birthday, right. June, my birthday, July. Yeah. I mean, we got lots of opportunities to eat some sausage. That's all I'm saying. Lots of opportunities There's there. Always a good opportunity. All right, boys, since we last talked, obviously the softball team, do, do you know, people love it when we leave with softball. So I want to get right into it, maybe this whole hour. No, I'm just kidding, but I am proud of them. That was awesome. And it is, as you've noted, and uh, many have experienced, a program that is 
become beloved. It really is. It, it's one of the coolest things. And, and you know, look, I mean, I, and I was listening to Corey talk a little bit about on Wake Up War Chant and how it's similar to the vibe at Hauser when Hauser's right, you know, when there's a super regional and, and it's all fired up. But there's a little difference in the sense of, like, I don't know, man. It's just, not as mean? I was going to say that. It's like it's more fun. <laughs> like, it, it, it a baseball stadium – like when 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 Link took Notre Dame to Tennessee last year, yeah, told him what was, time it, it was. Apparent, but apparently that crowd was just disgusting. Like they well, were terrible. They were awful people, and it just wasn't a good vibe. I was told, <laughs> not not uh, putting this out to anybody in particular from the FSU softball team, when they went to Clemson this year, wasn't a great. Well, they weren't all there to just support the love of softball. They were there to express some animosity towards Florida State coming to to their stadium. Mm. The vibe at Florida State softball games, it's just a good vibe, man. It's First of all, it's great play. It's great competition. But that's what I was trying to convey is it's also just a cool environment. It's a cool scene that, that you know, I'll, Coach Alameda, going back to go, Joanne Graff, but but Coach Alameda and this staff and this team have really uh, created. By the way, as we speak, as we do this show live, I will be able to give some minor updates. Don't worry. Won't be stressing it too much. But uh, Florida State's golf team, the men, right. are competing right now. Made it to the Elite Eight, Corey. So it's, mm. it, this could be the year, buddy. It could be I mean, the I, year. I'm not holding my breath, Jeff. They're <laughs> in match play with Illinois. Uh, I think they're tied right now with a few holes left. So yeah. hopefully they can uh, they can win this and get to the Final Four. Yeah. The last time, I think, the only time I think they made the Final Four, I was there covering it in Chattanooga, 130 degrees. I sweated through my belt. Like, legitimately, my belt had sweat dripping off it, which was – I didn't know that could happen, but it did. And I saw Brooks Kepka uh, go against Patrick Reed in a, in a match. You know what I think Didn't would really – who they were, but I saw Kepka versus Reed. You know what I think would really help college golf kind of ascend to a higher level? Mm. If the whole playoff tournament system could be a little more convoluted and a little more confusing <laughs> yeah. and maybe make it like a little tougher to understand what the hell's going on, then I think college golf would really yeah, take that's off. that's what it takes off. Because I have no idea what the hell's happening in that sport. Well, good thing that's happening – Poor college golf, and then I'll be done because I've certainly had to cover it and enjoyed it. But they get a lot of coverage now on the Golf Channel, and they, they never used to. And so both the men and women, and they do a much better job of covering it now. They have real experts who cover the college game, who know these players and know these coaches and know their histories, and they do a much better job of explaining. Um, you know, we're in a situation now where you have a bunch of individual matches going head to head. I mean, it's just chaos, man. It's, 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 there's <laughs> there's regionals, then they go to more regionals. Then the top teams go on. Then the, and the national individuals are the, the championships. The and then we go to match play. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. play tiddlywinks. I yeah. mean, nobody has any idea what's happening in college. Right golf. now, there are pairings and matches. That's all you got to worry about. Yeah, yeah, one guy's going against another guy. He represents that universe. It's like the Ryder Cup right now. Yeah, are you just, trying to yeah. do uh, three, three points? Yeah. But yeah, so it happens. There's 30 teams that go out to the nationals. The top 15 make it to the fourth day. Then they make it to the top eight. Whoever's in the top eight. Then they completely change the way they do the tournament, <laughs> and that's... then the top eight go to match play. Yeah, so that that's how it works. It's a it's I think a weird. So, like Stanford doesn't have a twenty-one shot lead with two days left, and there's nobody that can catch them. They make it where it's more maybe equitable for other teams to to beat them. But either way, I think the big news of the day, gang, is uh, Keon Coleman officially a null. Yeah, I was gonna uh, I was gonna say sure why it took so long. Ira, do you have any backstory on what was going on? Why Keon Coleman? I mean, he announced, a, what, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago? Yeah, I was going to segue to that, Corey, right now, but you kept going on it. about the golf. I did it for you. Uh, what I what I was going to tell you is that's not news. Keon Coleman was already going to Florida sure. State. It was already a done deal. We've talked about Keon Coleman. We've done all the Keon Coleman reviews you could possibly do and how it affects the receiving core. 
But I guess it's official now, and so there you go. The release came out today. Yeah, just when you when guys are transferring in from one school to another school, there's a lot of paperwork, uh, compliance things that have to be resolved. It's bureaucracy, Corey. It's nothing. There was never anything to be concerned about. But I do think from a fan's perspective or in a media perspective, you like to know that it's official because, you know, guys can commit and transfers can commit, but it's not really a done deal until they're actually on your roster. Well, he is now on Florida State's roster. You can't go anywhere now, Keon. That's it, baby. You can't leave, buddy. You're locked and loaded. That is it. Rated as the number four wide receiver in the 2023 offseason transfer portal, by the way. That's right. Just so, just so you know. Uh, more importantly, 12 starts at Michigan State. And in those 12 starts, friends, with a bad quarterback throw into him, I mean real bad, 65 receptions, 848 yards, and eight touchdowns. That is doing some things, man, um, at a place where it's it's hard to get a lot of passing, uh, you know, reception yards and, and touchdowns, and in a place that isn't, um, you know, renowned for its passing game. I got to give him credit. That's uh, it's nice. More importantly, six foot four, two fifteen can go catches in traffic and is across now from Johnny Wilson. Yeah, man, this is just the off season of who in the hell is going to stop Florida State's offense this year. I loved uh, Jaheim Bell's tweet when he was just like. Like basically, good luck playing defense. It was the shades of Lamarcus Joyner. It was like good luck with that. I wholeheartedly agree. We don't ask the questions right now about whether or not Florida State's going to be really good on offense. We we know that's the case. The bigger questions that are all that we're worried about now is: Are you good enough on defense? Can you cover on the back end? And you know that that's it. That's it. You got two games that everybody's hyper focused on: the LSU game right out the gates. Basically, this is the last show, guys, we have before June hits. Once we're in June, we know you just got to survive June and July, baby. Just survive two months, and then uh, it's football season because when guys start reporting, especially in, in years in which the team's really good, it's all-consuming. I mean, we'll have a story a day, a conversation a day about what's at stake, what's happening, the practices, all those things. It gets really exciting early when you're excited about a season. Keon Coleman just adds to what I think is going to be one of the three or four best offenses in the country. Do you it think- looks like he's going to wear number four, by the way, for folks that were wondering about that. When they what- the, the graphic they sent out, he's wearing a number four. So mm-hmm. he takes Micah Pittman's number. Which is what I was going to ask you guys. So, like, I meant to bring this up last week. So if Micah Pittman doesn't transfer and Keon Coleman comes into the portal, like, whether or not they have numbers or not, is Florida State aggressively pursuing him? Not saying that they're the same guys, but just from a wide receiver numbers perspective, would Florida State make a big push to get Keon Coleman? And if not, like where do we send our gift packages to Micah Pittman? <laughs> yeah, apparently to Utah. To, uh, Utah, Utah, man, Salt Lake City. Yeah, I, I think they would have pursued him. I think the way they viewed the receiver room was if we could get a difference maker, a legitimate difference maker that could step foot on the field, is turnkey, is a guy that's going to start as long as nothing weird happens and he get, you know gets a handle on the playbook – that they would take a player like that. And when Keon Coleman became available, I just don't know how you would look the other way. I mean, he's a dynamic player and he's six foot four. He just makes you that much more difficult to deal with. We're all You just wouldn't have the same sense of urgency, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. I and, and I also think it a lot of it would have depended on how much they believed that Micah Pittman was going to be able to do early. Your two most important games are in the first four. If you're telling me Micah Pittman was going to be back to week right. five, well the hell with Micah Pittman. I mean, tough luck. It sucks, but I mean that's the reality. You got to win one of those two games, and if you can find a difference maker at the position where maybe he was going to be absent, yeah, you would have had to look at it. Corey, what's different? And also, with, uh, I got a real quick, real quick, okay. and then you can say what you're going to say. What's different about your setup? Do you have a different chair? 
I do. Because you, you, like, you look like you're commandeering the uh, SS Enterprise. Mm. Like So it's Brady's <laughs> video game chair. All right. So I was going to get one of my hard-ass, uncomfortable kitchen chairs mm. that I always use. I went into his video game room to get it. And then I'm like, you know what? What about that thing that took me six hours in a marriage <laughs> to put together? Uh, and let me let me let me wheel that in here and enjoy the fruits of my labor. This is the first time I've sat in it. But I think it's hard, pretty awesome. Hardcore should sit on the hard ass kitchen chairs. Well, I and be honest with you, uh, I don't like the way I look at it. You're right. I kind of look like I'm Captain Kirk or something, or whoever Picard, whoever you the look, new one is. I don't know. A little I don't bit more Picardish. Um, it also squeaks a little bit. But yeah, this is his video game chair. This is uh, Brady's probably sat in this more than he's. Uh, Certainly more than he's been in a classroom chair. Six hours to put that together. That's a record, by the way. You did a good job. Most of the time, it takes a day and a half, several thrown objects, perhaps one too many beers as you lament your inability to construct anything. Well, and the beauty was on the box. It said, easy to set up. Oh, set always. Up in fifth, set up in 10 minutes. Always. And I'm like, well, finally, I can do it. I'm not going to have to have Shanika help me. I can do it myself. And uh, no, I, I, I mean, I did. I did, but it already turned into Christmas morning. Uh, he had already woken up. I mean, I, I was, that was you, you, we've all been there. It was, uh, it was very, very upsetting. But what I was going to say about, uh, Keon Coleman and Micah Pittman is they're not even the same. No, they're not close to the same caliber of player. Correct. And I get what you're saying, Ira, like just from a numbers uh, and yes. Yeah. W- would you, I would like to think that if Keon Coleman was in the portal and showed interest in them, that Micah Pittman being healthy, being fully a hundred percent would not have mattered in the least. Number one, they kind of played different positions anyway, but also this guy, this guy could be the difference between, well, he could be the difference between winning the ACC and not winning the ACC. I, I don't know that Micah Pittman was that kind of caliber of player, even when he was healthy. Any chance he's going to play basketball? I don't know. Haven't heard. Uh, they, I, I feel like they could use him. He's, I'm just he's suited up in here. Suited up for the Spartans. There might be, there might be a need there. He did go. I think he went over and uh, hung out. That was the weekend. I. I may be getting my transfer receivers confused, mm. but I feel like he was here when they had a bunch of those guys back in town. Uh, yeah, he was. He was here for that weekend when they had a bunch of uh, Scotty Barnes players, and Terrence yeah. Mann and all those guys were in town. I think he went over there and checked that out. Ran into uh, Coach Stan Jones at uh, Lowe's yesterday. Our man Stan. I was I was fixing stuff around the house like a man does on Memorial Day. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Millar asked us a question about this topic. I oh. guess you – Oh, you okay. fixed something recently, and, and that's going to be coming up in the next hour. I don't know if you want to oh, give it away now. Or uh, not. I just, I, yeah, I did fix something. I, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I've got no problem explaining what I fixed. This is the second thing I have fixed in the house after spending the better part of uh, well, 17, 18 years I've lived in this house, having fixed nothing ever. Nice. You're I'm on a now, roll now. I, I've done two things all by myself, me and YouTube. I want to hear Me about and it. Me YouTube, and I could. I don't. I don't want to hear about it all, but I do want to. Yeah. I don't want the details, but is the sense of satisfaction mm-hmm. that you get after fixing something is it worth it? Oh my God, I have never been more proud of myself ever. Okay. There's not a all single right, accomplishment good. in my life. Not you know. Like you could, you could broadcast a show for yeah. three hours yeah. without making one mistake. Correct. Kill I could, it. Yeah. Get, get married. Have kids. All those things. Yeah. Graduate college. Play football, you name it. Not fixing what? What I fixed yesterday, which a lot of people might think is pedestrian, but not for this guy. Went up to Lowe's, got the parts, watched very carefully on YouTube, did it, met some adversity, mm-hmm. overcame mm-hmm. at it because it never goes like it's no. supposed to go. As it's Corey not, just yeah, told us. Yeah. So then I'm I'm like in there. My wife walks past. She can see the look on my face, exacerbation, frustration. I walked outside. Some people would have quit right there. Did, uh, yeah, I said it's not going to happen. Bathtub. 
I'm fixing you. And so, yeah, that's how it worked. Nice. Got it done. And then I immediately called Matt Millar. Because he's my idol when it comes to these things. That guy could fix the space shuttle. <laughs> if you call them and be like, hey, we've got some issues with the space shuttle, as you well know, we that could be problematic. A couple of them. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Millar's like, is it too soon? I, I got is this. It too soon? Yeah. If, if, if Corey is captaining the Enterprise, uh, Matt Millar's Scotty, right? Yeah, he's the guy. He's and making so, it all happen. When I called him, I even took pictures of proof. Because I knew he was going to doubt me. He was like, man, I'm really proud of you. I could sense it. I could sense the, like, we almost got choked up. We almost got a little choked up. I was like, okay, all right, have a good Memorial Day, man. On Memorial Day, too, man. That's, yeah. that's an extra level of dad. It was awesome. Some of the headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues in a moment. MLB is finally back in full swing, and my bookie is going to be your one-stop shop for all your betting needs with a wide range of betting options, including money lines, run lines, totals, and futures. My bookie gives you plenty of ways to bet on your favorite teams and players, you can also take advantage of the brand new MyBookie Money Bag, which gives you the chance to secure a bet on your favorite team or player at insanely boosted odds. Just sign up today at MyBookie. Use promo code WARCHANT to secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. It's simple. Deposit $200 and play with $300 instantly. Just use promo code WARCHANT to claim your bonus. So if you're a baseball fan looking to add even more excitement to the new season, look no further than MyBookie. Sign up now and get ready to experience the thrill of baseball like never before. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Rolling on Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. I was going to say congratulations to all of the Seminal Headlines listeners who uh, stepped up big once you made the announcement. You guys letting everybody know we were going to be on. Not a lot, not a ton going on right now, and there's there's quite a few questions. I think we're good. Yeah, and it was uh, yeah, especially putting out the uh, prompt on a on a, on holiday. a holiday, man. Yeah. Short notice. I was proud. I just I could I could feel that buzz already. Corey's late to the buzz party. He never. He, it's got to be the week before the season before he gets excited about football being played. Right. So I don't know if this will expedite it for you, man. People being this energized by football or not, uh, or will you just be a stick in the mud? No, I, I won't be a stick in the mud. I was talking with Aslot about it. Like, I think uh, it, it's cool to, like, I mean, they're probably going to be fifth in the country. Bill Conley from that the ESPN yeah. stats analyst guy, he's like, I'm almost as high on Florida State as Schleyball, and Schleyball's the one that had him number three after the post-spring, in the post-spring power rankings, and that was even before they got Keon Coleman. So I think they're probably legitimately going to be fifth or sixth in the country, and it's just cool. I mean, obviously, you don't want them to go seven and five. No, no, you um, don't. And clearly, I'm not kind of qualifying anything. But <laughs> these next two months are going to be something we haven't had in five or six years. And you don't realize how much you miss expectations until you don't have them because nobody cares or they're empathetic. And I know Florida State fans care, but the rest of the nation hasn't paid attention really to Florida State since Francois broke his leg. And now here you are five years later, you're two year, you're less than two years out from losing to Jacksonville State, and you're going to be five or six in the country to start the season. That's cool, man. It, so I'm, I'm excited about that for sure. Yeah, it is cool. And I, and I think there's an added weight to it 
because of all that's going on in college football, it seems like there's turmoil waiting in the wings at all times. And so you feel the added pressure to continue to play well and to matter and to put yourself in a position to where you're talked about, you're at the forefront of uh, college football, at least one of the 10 to 15 best teams talked about on a regular basis and kind of restamp the importance of Florida State in college football because we just don't know what's going to happen with all the other stuff that we're also covering. You know, it seems like every day there's somebody somewhere that covers college football that heard from somebody that there's about to be upheaval. And the thing is, whereas in the past you would go, I don't know who Frank Wilson is in Texas saying that there's about to be a contract signed with CBS with so-and-so. But the even if you don't trust that source or these people, what we do know is that most of the time where there's smoke, there's fire. A lot of times there have been conversations like something's about to go down, and it does go down within a few weeks. Maybe not exactly as that person reported, but something close to it. I'm not saying just believe everything yeah. that comes across the Internet, obviously, but we, we were in changing times on the midst uh, – uh, uh, we're in the midst of changing times on the verge of a super important season for Florida State. Yeah, and I think really Florida State's administration deserves a lot of credit because – you know, two years ago, coming off the Taggart situation, then Mike Norvell gets here, and obviously the tough first year, when Michael Offer became the athletic director, new president, McCullough, new board of trustees, Chair Peter Collins, new board of trustees, they basically said, listen, we need to be, we need to matter whenever whatever's going to happen happens so that mm-hmm. we're in position to where we can maximize our opportunities. And so they poured in, man. They, they, they created a lot of new positions. They expanded the support staff. They expanded the budgets for Mike Norvell and his scouting department and all these uh, efforts they made uh, to to bolster the football team to give them every every chance to have success. And then now they've had that success, and now wherever things lead, Florida State's well-positioned. And that was the whole thing. Like, if if the the way the program was languishing, for it, it had gone on for a couple more years, how would we feel right now? Not knowing what the future holds, but wondering. Mm. But you know, you're sitting here looking at a Florida State team that's been in the muck now for six years, and that's why this is such an important year. Last year was very important, but if you can stack up another top ten type season, I, and look, we all want a championship. That would be awesome to cover. But even if that doesn't happen, if you're in the conversation, if you actually pay attention to the college football selection show thing in November when they start revealing the rankings, if you actually care as a fan base, well, you're in a good spot. Like, Florida State fans haven't cared in, I don't know, 10 years? So get to that position. Get to 10 or 11 wins. See all the eyeballs that watch your games these these last two years. That You can remind people, even if 2024 you take a step back, and that's when all the huge upheaval happens. You'll have 2022 and 2023 to remind people, yeah, look at Florida State, how good it can be, and also look at how – invested and interested everybody in the country is what a big product how big how iconic this brand is that this these two years should be a really good reminder to the rest of the country and the people that matter that are going to make make it decisions down the road plus i feel the same sort of uh, sort of indignant and anger uh towards uh you know the, the the those that like seeing florida state down who are vocal about it in the media and others who have Talked about you. You mentioned having to deal with this when you're over there at the spring meetings. You know, it's it's kind of it's fun and fodder for other outlets to talk about Florida State not mattering, and then here they are on their high horse saying they deserve more, and they they've they've had a good time kicking sand in the face of Florida State. And now I'm at that place where again the fan in me comes out, and I'm like, revenge tour. We're on the cusp of revenge tour. I remember this in 2012. I remember that revenge tour was coming. 
I don't think Florida State's going to take a huge step back in 2024. I think they're going to continue to add. Now, understandably, they will lose some very important pieces to the puzzle, but when you're good and you're adding depth and the floor is raised, you can be good yeah. uh, year over year, even as you replace vital pieces to the puzzle. I think Florida State's going to be really good this year. I, I this is It's fun on a lot of levels. A, I think they're going to beat the bejesus out of several teams in this league this year. Uh, and and kind of name the score kind of games, by the way. I think this offense is that dynamic. And I also think that for Florida State, they have a chance. It, it Defensively, there's a lot of pressure on that staff right now, I think, but they have a chance to meet those expectations because of the front. Right. You're going to be so much better in coverage now that you can win first down. If teams wanted to run the ball against us, I just don't see it happening. And you're going to get a lot of second and third and longs. If you can't succeed when you've made another team predictable, then obviously it makes our assessment of this defensive staff a little bit easier to make. The other, the only other thing I would say, and I'm not making excuses before the year even starts, but like we probably need to set our expect expectations of what we expect from a defense that has an offense this good on the other side of the ball because. This offense, especially when you add a Keon Coleman and you've got Jaheim Bell and you've got Johnny Wilson, you've got Trey Benson, you've got all these weapons. It's Destin Hill. Unreal, yeah. There could be some really quick scoring drives. He which, threw a Destin Hill. Yeah. I like it, Ira. Throw in Destin Hill. I'm a little reverse package Hill. at a 4 4. Yeah. I'm, dude, I'm, I think he's going to be a, a factor. Yeah. And so you look at that offense and you say, okay, and Rodney Hill and just weapon after weapon, there's going to be some quick scoring drives. And now that means your defense is going to be on the field a whole lot. So that's something I just would. Throw out there. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna caution people as that season goes on that this defense may, might be really good, but it's not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be a plodding offense. Like even Jameis, when Jimbo and Jameis, like Jimbo is never Jimbo slow, is slow, slow, slow. Right. Yeah. So Jimbo is never gonna push the tempo, even when he had an all-time offense. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Mike Norvell. He's not gonna be crazy. It's not air. You know, crazy yeah. air, but it's gonna be more. And so I just think the defense is gonna have a challenge staying fresh because I think they're gonna be on the field a whole lot. It's a good problem to have. But I don't think people – if people look at the numbers – Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it will be fair to just say, oh, well, they didn't – Adam Fuller failed or something. You know, Part of a bigger trend in football anyhow. I mean, the, the, the better used – you used to say things like defense wins championships. No, they don't. Not anymore. Offenses win championships. Dominant, kick-ass, can't stop them, offenses. I mean, even Georgia gave up a ton of points in a couple of games. I mean, you, you look at – you can have guys everywhere – and great offense is beating good defense now and great defense. Uh, it, it, there are exceptions. I mean, there, Saban, there are changed, yeah. Saban changed his whole program. Oh, yeah, they've had to. They, they've had to. And, and again, I will, I'll, I'll point out, like, the way you view defense now is very different. It's a per-possession basis, to your point. It gives you a better idea of what they're doing, yards per play, per-possession. If you have a lot more plays run against the defense, then it's unreasonable to suspect – that they're going to hold somebody to 10 points like they did in yesteryear. I think a, 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 a weird or, or maybe a normal score for Florida State, a better way to put it, would be like 52-24. to 24. Right. 57-21, where you gave up 21 or 24 points, and it was a dominant day. Will Corey Clark feel good about that, or is he going to be like, oh, I don't know, this defense, why couldn't you get more stops? I think it'll it'll depend on the context of when it happens. Like, yeah, we nobody's going to judge them if they give up, uh, you know, two touchdowns when they're up 35-0. Um, but again, I I think when you look back at last season, the the offense saved the defense three times, maybe. I would say Louisville, 
Oklahoma and Florida, those games were won because of what the offense did late because the defense wasn't great. The defense also didn't have Fabian Lovett or Jared Verse against Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, but those last two games specifically, I thought the offense won the games for them. But then there's like, you know, the the Wake, the Wake Forest game was the offense's fault. They were down – they had seven points midway through the third quarter. And NC State. You know, the NC State, the, off- yeah. the offense didn't score in the second half. Ain't going to so happen So I this just year. think if the offense – Stops doing that. If if the offense doesn't have any long droughts, which it really shouldn't, then this defense is good enough to get you to uh, a game that matters in late December. I, I absolutely believe that. It is not going to be an overwhelming dominant defense. There aren't many of those anyway. This won't be that. But it will be good enough if this offense is as good as we think it is. Yeah, I bring this, yeah, I do, and I think they will be better than they were a year ago. And there were plenty too. of yep. times where they were pretty good. I mean, now obviously, when you blow out Georgia Tech or Syracuse or Miami, um, you know you got to factor in who it was you 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 beat. There's a stretch there where they win 41-16, 45 to three, and thirty-eight to three. Those are dominant performances. Syracuse sucked. Georgia Tech sucked. Miami obviously sucks always. Now you go through that and look at these and. I, I do I do go back at the amount of blowouts Florida State had last year. They had a ton of them. There were a lot of what I call rocking chair games, 44 to 14 over Boston College. Uh, you know, you blow out. I just got done the aforementioned games, Georgia Tech and Miami. You blew out Syracuse. You blow out Louisiana. There, there were lots of moments last year, obviously, Duquesne, where you're just kind of hanging out. Like, this game has been over since the start of the second quarter. It's amazing. Jordan Travis with the baseball head on was, was one of my favorite things about last season. Yeah. In the first couple times it happened, it's like, look at that. Florida State's quarterback standing there on the sideline with his baseball in the third quarter. They didn't blow then, people out for years, then, They didn't. They, <laughs> yeah. they lose to Jacksonville State. They're in tight ones on the, on the regular. I mean, that's why people are like, oh, so what? You're, you're bragging about beating Louisiana 49-17? You're, you're yeah. damn right I am. Yes. We didn't do that. 38-3 to over Syracuse at their place. Silence. It was over just like that. I don't think, Corey, to your point, that we will see a game, uh, or if we do, more than one. And I'm talking about the LSU or Clemson games. Those are outliers. Those are two elite teams. They've got the requisite skills to run with you, so who knows what those games are. But the rest of the games on that schedule, I don't think you're going to see four states off and score 17 points like they did against NC State. I don't think you're going to see them score just 21 points like they did against Wake Forest, which was ridiculous. I I think if they're healthy – it should rival like one of those 90s teams where you go into most of these Saturdays just wondering what the score will be. And quite frankly, I, now I was a kid, but I remember Charlie Ward. Like, I would want the offense, the opposing offenses to score a little bit yeah, so you started just so Charlie had to play more, <laughs> just so Charlie had to come get one more touchdown drive. Um, and so I, I think you could be in games like that where you're like, well, man, don't get up 42 to 6. Because then it's just, Jordan Travis's day is done, and Jordan Travis is fun to watch. This first team offense is fun to watch. I think you go into six games next year, if you're healthy, no expecting to score somewhere high forties or fifty points. That's how good this offense is, especially if they speed up just a little bit uh, to take to so the so the new clock rules don't affect them that much. Because look, man, you have I would I would wager to say if you throw Jaheim Bell in there. Johnny Wilson, Jaheim Bell, Keon Coleman is the best trio of two wide receivers and a tight end, talent-wise, maybe in the country. There might be one or two other programs that have that, but they don't have Jordan Travis throwing to them. Like, we don't know who Ohio State's quarterback is going to be. I'm sure Georgia has good wideouts to go with Brock Bowers, clearly, but we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. This is – plus you got Trey Benson. It's just you have a you have an unreal amount of really, really high-level college football players on your offense right now. 
Yeah, it's to the point where we're just guessing outlandish numbers about how many points they score per game. I, I don't, and I don't really feel sheepish. What do you think 40 no, I mean, is an average? No, I mean, they averaged 36 last yeah, year. Yeah, they'll score over 40 points a game next year. Easily. Easily. There are going to be games they have 40 points like early in the third quarter. Your fear about Jordan Travis getting pulled up 42 to 6 is going to happen a lot. Here's the other thing yeah. I would say about this, and again, Keon Coleman's a big reason for this. It just it just takes to another level. Is if Jordan missed any time, like you know, God forbid. But if he hasn't missed any time, there's a lot of quarterbacks who would have a tremendous amount of success with this offense. Correct. You don't need to be two years ago. They had to have Jordan Travis be Jordan Travis to have a chance, and even in some games yep. last year. But this year, man, like. I'd feel okay with Tate playing a couple quarters. I'd feel okay with. I kind of want to see it. Agent, he needs to be I, ready to right. go next year, and you got to find out what you have with Duffy. Right. Uh, so, but I just think the offense is not going to lose a lot. You're not. This is not an offense built around one guy, and this is. Yeah. I mean, half the time that Jordan's out there, they may choose offensively to batter people with the run game. Right. I mean, they did that a lot last year, where they didn't need but Jordan Travis to be. I think. Game. Yeah. Yeah. I think Coleman changed my Coleman changed, and I didn't realize this was going to happen. He changed my. Uh, perception of the entire season I, I don't know why I just because they were going to be a good offense anyway I think he takes them to the level where you're looking at one of those really good Alabama offenses the ones that you roll into a stadium no matter where you're playing you know you're putting up five or six touchdowns because they can't guard you you're just too talented for them and I think I, I he changed because Portier might be great he might end up being really good He's not Keon Coleman, at least not yet. You've got a ready-made NFL player on both sides along with a really good tight end. So I just think it's going to be – it'll be fun. It'll be fun to have. Real, By the way, real quick, Jeff, uh, the, the the golf match, Ira, is knotted up one-to-one. -one. Cole Anderson won on the 18th hole. You're damn right so he Florida did. Florida State and Illinois are tied one-to-one. There's three matches still left. First team to three wins. Florida State's leading two of them. And down – they're going to lose another one. But so they're oh, going to be down two to one. Down the, the wire. And then when they when the last they, two guys on the course are up for Florida State. So when they beat Illinois, then they go into a round robin four team scramble. Best ball. Yeah, no, then, no, 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 then no. it's uh, closest to the pin. No. It's <laughs> the closest to the pin. Hey, so, four three contest. So Corey Clanton is up on Buchanan by one, and Roberts yeah. is up on Hunt by three through fifteen. So that should oh. be a win. You this. It's coming down to Clanton. So if they win this on the final four, come on, Clanton! All kidding yeah. aside, they win yeah. this on the final four. Yeah, this is this. And gets... the final four is later today. Yeah. And oh, they what? play another yeah. match. Play, play another, another match. match later today. That's, what, that, that's why your belt was sweating, man. Uh, reli <laughs> reliable reseller says. I want to answer that question. By well, the way. and it touches back on what you brought up earlier. Do we need to wait till the next segment? We're going to go to break with it, but go ahead and ask it because I was I saw it in the chat and I wanted to answer it because it's not. It's it's not true, but I think a lot of Florida State fans feel this. There's way. some reality to it. Well, specific. Why, why does the national media hate us so much? Okay, it's a fun question <laughs> to dissect. Let's let's do it in a moment. Some of the headlines: ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. 
All right. So we wanted to tackle a question. And if you do enough research, it'll answer very specific questions for you regarding one Paul Feinbaum, because he has now several times on his show in the last couple of weeks, I guess, noted that uh, he doesn't think the SEC needs Florida State and that Florida State values themselves more than other conferences do. And, and he's always had a pretty open mind about Florida State, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, so, absolutely. So Paul used to carry water for a guy named Bobby Lauder who was a big Auburn booster. If you go back and do research, I got into an argument with Paul Feinbaum in the 90s. Um, this is a guy that has always had it in for Florida State specifically, uh, and I don't know the reason for that necessarily. He was a big Paul Bear Bryant guy. I know he resented Bobby Bowden when Bowden started breaking records. Feinbaum would come out with columns ripping Bobby Bowden and saying that he took the easiest path and all this stuff. So you can find that stuff. Just go do research on all the things that Paul Feinbaum has said or done or written uh, about Florida State in its past. So you you can understand and just cite the source and understand what it is. I got a quick Feinbaum story. Yeah, go ahead. When uh, the Jameis stuff was going on mm. and the investigation, he had me on his show yep. and uh, to talk about it. And it was right – I think it, he, they'd booked me on the show the day before, and then that day was when the news came out that – uh, there was DNA evidence that Jameis had been with uh, the, mm -hmm. the accuser. And he was like, he was basically like presented to me like, I, like it was Perry Mason. Like, there's DNA evidence. Yeah, he's trying to, yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, I don't think Jameis is going to deny that that he was with that girl. Yeah, and like, no, that he, wasn't, the, the defense isn't that he was never with that person. Anyway, but the way he just was like, he was so giddy that there was this report about DNA evidence. But it just speaks to, the mindset of like trying to stick it to FSU. Yeah, I, I got into an argument with him on his show one time ages ago about something similar, and I've also talked to him out in Los Angeles. When we were out there, we were waiting on the, get on the same plane. Uh, here's the thing. It's a shtick. Right. I get it. A lot of these guys nationally do things that are going to make them uh, more uh, controversial. Uh, it's but, if a, they have more a but if they have a platform, that's an issue. Yeah, yeah, it is an issue. If you recall, and this is something that, it's important to point out there's nuance to all this stuff. I remember one point, people like to get on Kirk Herbstreet. He, he railed on Feinbaum while they were on the set together, suggesting that this was not the platform, College Game Day, for you to do the show that you do, in which you just imply. Did he lots really? Of, yeah, oh, yeah. He was very angry. On this show? Like oh, during the show? It was during College Game Day. Feinbaum was but making But I mean, appearance. during Game Day? Yes, he, yes. Really? He got mad at him, and he was like, that's not true. You just. You're just saying that to try to – this isn't your show. Wow. And he went through this whole thing. So, listen, it, it, we got guys that obviously we know that the polarization of national media is something that is a topic all the time, whether it's politics or anything else. It's it's stuff that, that sells. It's, it's a way to become more watched or more listened to, unfortunately. Um, and so that is just something that he engages in. I get it. But I s often see this sort of sentiment that the national media hates Florida State. And I don't buy it. I don't think it's true. The only thing I'll push back on, I was listening to, uh, because of the college alignment stuff, I've been listening this morning to the National College Football Podcast, yeah. whether it's Andy Staples right. or Dellinger and those guys, or, or uh, I listened to Feldman and, uh, and what's his name, uh, Stewart? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. From the the athletic, yeah. Um, anyway, so they and, and and I look. I mean, I some of these guys I like. I like them personally. Feldman, particularly Bruce Feldman's always been a nice. Does guy a really good me. job. Yeah, I like him. He's a very good guy. But anytime the conversation about Florida State and with their places in the pecking order of college football, he keeps going back to well. I mean, I mean, how, they went one good season. 
Like you've had one good season, Florida State, kind of get back in your place. It's like that's a weird take about a program like Florida State that's won three national championships. How many yep. programs have won three national championships in the last 30 years? There are Notre a whole Dame lot of them. One of them. Notre Dame ain't one of <laughs> but them. But nobody, mm-hmm. nobody ever said that about Notre Dame. Well, and I would say this. Uh, college football has never been as popular than it is right now. It has grown exponentially since, what, 1988? The money is outrageous. The TV contracts are outrageous. Everything is outrageous. Notre Dame has won diddly poo since that time. So how important is Notre Dame if we want to play that game? We all understand where Notre Dame fits. But it's it's preposterous to to look at the – one C or one bad stretch and say they don't matter or how much are they, how much do they really matter? Now, Notre Dame's had 35 years of kind of not mattering um, in the, in the national scheme. Or Texas. Uh, when's rankings. Texas done anything, but nobody, oh, nobody, nobody said, I thanks, bring it up all right. the time. And thanks, and thanks to a few people in the chat, Stuart Mandel. I don't know why I blanked on yeah. that. Just getting old. Right. He's not worth remembering, but, but no, but that's the point. Nobody, it, when, when in the SEC went and got Texas and Oklahoma, I didn't hear a lot of people saying Texas, what do they bring? Yeah. Right, exciting record, right, right, because it, it, that's the thing. The cachet of a Notre Dame is understood. The cachet right. of a Texas is understood. The cachet of a Florida, Florida State should be understood. It should, should be, be understood. understood. Yeah. Listen, Southern Cal has been busy sucking ass for years and years and years until these last two, yeah. uh, until this last one. So, yeah, man, I mean, but we know what Southern Cal brings to the table. It's nuts. It's selective. It's very selective that, when those arguments come So that's come up. why – Reliable sellers. Oh, you know, I will tell you. Way. I will tell you that I'm sure individually there are some people who resent. I mean, we're like I say all the time to people: we're all from somewhere. We all grew up watching a certain region of the country play football. We all went to a school somewhere. We all have our biases that are hard to overcome, oftentimes. And I get it. For years, I thought the Pac-12 was just a joke. I, I wouldn't pay attention to any of the teams in the Pac-12. I was slow to come around to USC's greatness when they had the run because I was like, oh, it's Pac-12. Ain't nobody hitting out there. They don't cover anybody. No. It's a useless-ass league. They're not in the South. At, I mean, admittedly, I was like, the best football's played down here, period. Yeah, it I hardly not, has been. Literally. I mean, I just – and I, yeah, I'm I'm the same way to a degree with the Big Ten. I mean, I just – I don't Ohio have interest State, in what, I, you, you have Ohio to respect State's great. State. But yeah, man, like I just can't get fired up. If Iowa and Purdue somehow yeah. are in the top ten, man, like, I'm not. On, man. I mean, I'm not right. trying to watch that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would mean, also say Ira, Ira's biggest bias, I think, and I might be there with him, is gritty white basketball players. He hates them because you hate them with a fervor <laughs> that doesn't even make a lot of sense. And to the degree but where it's because of the announcers, right? right? Exactly. Of right. The coverage. They yeah, get. yeah. I was actually having this conversation with somebody recently and I was explaining it to him and he's like, Oh, like Larry bird. You didn't like him. Yeah. Like, no man, it's just the way that the media, the announcers pump up any white kid that Who plays just basketball. Does well, anything. It's like, charge. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's hard to explain, though, Corey. You're right. Yeah, when, yeah, I, yeah. when I was trying to explain it during this conversation, I just uh, – No, my favorite is your hatred for Virginia Tech, but you've had to leave them alone. Virginia. First of all, Seth is gone. Virginia, well, Virginia, Tech, Virginia Tech, basketball, Tech, Virginia Seth football. Greenberg, you hated yeah. him. And I got then, a lot of hate in here, guys. I'm not sure where, why. Ira has got hate for everybody. He can <laughs> find it. He can find it. Reach down deep. Which Beautiful. really makes sense because I've got a – Good life. I yeah, mean, good are heart, okay good life. You're a good person. You're, you're not You're not filled with hatred. The iris that kind of got like, when I meet someone, I'm like, I'm going to like them until they give me a reason not to. It is the exact opposite <laughs> with Ira. He is he is going to hate you or dislike you until you give him a reason to like you. And then you're a I understand both approaches. But, <laughs> Depending but then, on the mood I'm in, I'm one but, of the, one But of then you when, you, when you've earned it, Corey, then like. Oh, it feels so good. It's right, like right. fixing a tub. It's like fixing a bathroom. Let me tell you, the hardest part about Ira's grading system, be it teams, individuals, 
white basketball players, <laughs> you name it, is that if you get on his bad side, he's off of you for life. You no, got no shot at redemption. Like, you could show ten times over that that first impression was wrong. It's not who the person is. He's done with you. He's decided. Nope. He's moved on. I will say this. It's not easy. Like, Tony Bennett could save some orphan children, <laughs> could go do a lot of good things, and it's, and that's not going to do enough. But I feel like if I was around him a lot, I, maybe I would. Maybe you maybe, maybe I don't you think, think so. Him. I think you'd be like, oh, Tony just happened to have a photographer there when he was burning that when he was pulling that kid out of the burning orphanage. <laughs> just had, yeah, sure. He didn't set that fire himself just to look like a hero. Oh my that's goodness. What, yeah. But but going back to the national thing, I I think it does anger Florida State fans. The last two or three months, we're the voice of reason because we're in the middle of it. We know how important Florida State is, yeah. and it kind of irks you to to I would say pisses you off. That the people that make their money on college football, writing about it, talking about it, living it, don't appreciate what Florida State meant to this sport. It has meant to this sport because they're not the shiny new toy. Florida State did more for this sport from 1980 to 2015 than Georgia could have dreamed of. But now everybody talks about Georgia as and they should be they're the best program in the country. But Florida State was better than Georgia. I don't know, from 1980 to 2000, they were better than them every year except one or two. When And I'm talking about when college football was really starting to take off. Florida State was one of the engines that drove that train. I think, and I think that should be appreciated more. Yeah, I think the reality is in regards to national media, anybody who covers, whether it be guys like us regionally or nationally, I think that Florida State is amongst many teams that elicit a polarizing response. There just happened to be one of the many. Alabama does this as well. LSU does this. Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Southern Cal, Texas, Oklahoma. There's a group of about 30 to 40 teams that I think everybody has an opinion about, one way or the other. Nobody's arguing about Purdue. There's no national hate for Purdue because they're freaking Purdue. And that, that stands for most of the teams that play college football. Florida State is part of the, the, the fabric that make up the elite level of college football. Everybody outside of that, which is a hundred and something other teams, people are indifferent about. There's nobody sitting around with seething hatred for freaking Utah State. Michael, I mean, Michael Lee makes a good point in the chat. He says FSU Twitter swarms. FSU Twitter no, swarms. No, it didn't help. It didn't help. During 2013, didn't help the national media. Yeah. That's definitely true. I mean, that like, is definitely true. Because, you know, whether it's the Feldmans or Heather Dinich's or all these <laughs> different people who had a take or reported anything negative about FSU, <laughs> man, killed. FSU Twitter just went after them. Well, and it got but I, to be But don't really... you think that would that's every fan base if they were in the similar mm, predicament? Maybe I, not to that you level, would think, but close you would, to it. You would think, I'm just telling you, like if you talk to any national media people and the topic of FSU Twitter comes they up. They were like, damn. It's, it's, well, it was uh, the perfect storm. It was the rise of right. Twitter at a time when a mega yes. event was happening. To and the Florida. revenge tour. And the revenge tour. So you had yeah. this perfect storm of we're better than everybody else. We're tired of being bad, so we're going to beat the hell out of you <laughs> on a daily basis. And, oh, by the way, we've got this very, very elite quarterback who some people think raped somebody, right. and the head coach who, is who yelling is at the media about it. Right, and you think yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he's defending that player. Right, and then right. it just got to be this convoluted mess where nobody was actually talking about issues or right. evidence or having a logical discussion. It was impossible. And you can't actually do that on Twitter to begin with, as we've seen ever since. And that it's was an impossibility. And that was, probably, and that was probably the apex of Twitter, right? I mean, like yeah. that was when Twitter was really kind of it was huge. taking yeah. off. Florida Wait State to was see the what the team. national media does when this Florida State golf team wins a national championship. <laughs> hey, are they so closer? It's two to two. 
It's two to two. It's all come down to the last match. And Fre- I think he's a freshman. Luke Clanton is one up on the Illinois kid going into the final hole. Oh, so I he, can't do if this. If he ties that hole or wins that hole, Florida State moves on to the final four. Okay, but I'm it's Florida get... State golf. Yes, yeah, stop going to probably Shut figure your out mouth. a way to Matt, lose Turn his the mic match. off. Turn Matt, his mic off. Matt Lassere on our staff, yeah. who's a, played golf in high school. Yes, he did. He actually uh, just texted me. He's going to start – if they make it to the final four, he's going to start a golf live update thread. Woo! Let's go. That's where we're going now at Warchant. Well, we're not there yet, though. We're not there yet. Here, still my, got one hole to win. No, I know. And that's my dear friend, Trey Jones, and I'm really now I'm, <laughs> now I'm worried. I'm nervous for him. <laughs> Luckily, we got headliner questions coming up here. Take a quick break. Some of the headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. 